to end the U.S. military's involvement in Afghanistan. But as president, he has pledged to extend it. In truth, however, there wasn't much room for a different decision. Withdrawing would risk turning the country back into the terrorist safe haven it was before 9-11. And drastically ramping up the U.S. presence would be a political non-starter. That leaves something resembling the current approach as the only real option. Stuck with doing more of the same, Washington must try to do it better. Where are we now? The United States invaded Afghanistan in 2001 to destroy al-Qaeda and overthrow the Taliban regime that was hosting it. The overarching goal was always to protect the United States by denying terrorists a safe haven in which to plan and train. But over time, the mission grew— Eventually, it came to include the establishment of an Afghan nation that defended its own sovereignty, embraced democracy, educated women, and cracked down on opium production. Although the initial operations appeared to work, complexities on the ground, plus the distraction of the war in Iraq, sidetracked the effort, and the Taliban's presence expanded. When Obama came into office in 2009, he took a hard look at the Afghan campaign, and announced a surge of U.S. troops and a reinvigorated counterinsurgency strategy. But by the middle of 2015, the troop surge was complete, and a subsequent drawdown left only 9,800 coalition troops in the country, most of whom were focused on training and advising the Afghans. Progress had been made, but it was limited. Today, Afghanistan is struggling to survive— Although the Taliban have de facto control over only limited areas of the country, their presence and influence are likely at their highest levels since the group lost power in 2001. Remnants of the Al-Qaeda network and one of its branches, Al-Qaeda in the Indian subcontinent, are also active, having been pushed out of Pakistan's tribal areas in late 2014 by the Pakistani military. The Islamic State in Khorasan, as the branch of ISIS in Afghanistan and Pakistan is known, enjoys free reign on both sides of the two countries' border. Although each of these groups has its own transnational agenda, all have made common cause with the Taliban to overthrow the Afghan government. The fragility of Afghanistan's security sector is making their job easier. The 180,000 soldiers of the Afghan National Army, trained and equipped largely by the United States, are employed primarily at static checkpoints around the country that are vulnerable to Taliban attacks. The Afghan National Police, which is riddled with corruption and poor leadership, is used more for the protection of members of parliament and other officials than for its intended purpose of enforcing law and order. Afghanistan's premier intelligence agency, the National Directorate of Security, is increasingly involved in military operations against terrorist groups instead of providing essential intelligence. Compounding the challenges, the Afghan legal system struggles to deal with corruption and criminality. Knowing little about the law and the rights of citizenship, Afghan security forces often make critical mistakes, for instance, detaining innocent civilians. By contrast, Taliban fighters especially those in the lethal Haqqani network, an offshoot of the Taliban based in Pakistan, often have a thorough understanding of the law. When captured, they have proved adept at minimizing their sentences or avoiding conviction altogether. In Kabul, meanwhile, politics have reached a standstill.
Despite its name, the National Unity Government, a power-sharing deal brokered by the United States in 2014 that made Ashraf Ghani president and Abdullah Abdullah chief executive, is deeply divided. Whatever progress the United States has made after 16 years, it is inarguably incomplete. To some Americans, the effort has succeeded in building a shaky foundation on which more can and should be constructed. To others, it represents a fruitless waste of blood and treasure. For the ordinary Afghan, however, the U.S. campaign has led to frightening uncertainty about the future. What is to be done? In 1902, Vladimir Lenin published a now-famous pamphlet titled, What is to be Done?, in which he prescribed a strategy for what later became the Bolsheviks' successful takeover of Russia's 1917 revolution. Lenin argued that Russia's working classes required the leadership of dedicated cadres.